Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Raquel, right on. Uh, I'm just chilling. Thank you for taking some time here to join us. Yeah, thanks for pushing back. I, uh, I just finished practice, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just excited to talk. As mentioned in the email to you, I'm, a, you know, of course, longtime fan of MMA. Uh, my kids uh, are in it as well, and uh, so it's just kind of, you know, I, I love talking to, to the fighters and kind of getting to know them a little bit, so. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. How weird was it for you for, uh, I guess we'll get right into it. How, how weird was it for you these last couple of years? Like, sure, you know, you've had a handful of fights. You're on a really nice, was it four game or four fight win streak? Yeah. But how weird was it for you these last couple of years with COVID? And like, what, did it change much in your camps and, and, and getting really excited for the fights? And um, You know, obviously, like, it was really cool that UFC stayed active. And so they, like, gave entertainment to the world in these trying times. And then, you know, it allowed us to still do our job and have that opportunity to be able to go out and uh, live our dreams. Um, you know, for me, it felt like fighting at the apex. It was almost like going back to the ultimate fighter times. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, so it was like being back in there fighting again, um, which was really cool to experience and whatnot. But, you know, honestly... I know a lot of people struggled throughout COVID and stuff. And, you know, I had my own battle with COVID um, friends who lost their loved ones and everybody had trying times, but COVID in another sense was like a blessing in disguise. Cause it, as athletes, we're so tough on our bodies and we have a hard time slowing down sometimes. So it's kind of like forced time off because at one point the world was shut down. So nobody could do anything like Tisha and I turned our um, garage into a home gym and stuff and whatnot. And, we were still getting workouts in, but you know, we just did other things. We actually got house projects done that we needed to get done after all this time. And so it just kind of gave like our minds a mental reset. Um, you know, as far as the last few years, honestly, it's been, it's been a crazy few years, just lots of ups and downs. I mean, I've, ever since I fought Misha, it was just like injuries, medical issues, one thing after another. Right. And so now I finally feel like I'm i uh, I'm back on track. I'm in my prime and I'm more excited than ever. So Nice. Yeah, of course, you're back on track. You're the number five ranked uh, bantamweight right now in the UFC. Must be a great feeling, eh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I got in, let's say I've been with the UFC since 2013. And um, I've been within the top 10 since 2014. And then before my medical suspension with my whole thyroid issue and USADA and stuff, I was actually number four in the world. They took me out of the rankings for the six months and they said they were going to put me back. And when they put me back, they put me back in as 10. So now it's a little frustrating having to work my way up. But like at the same time, it's kind of fun just because it's like I'm proving exactly where I am at and where I deserve to be, you know? Sure. And I mean, rightfully so that they dropped you down a little bit. All right. If you're not going to be fighting and there's other people fighting and they're climbing their way back up, like, but it's so cool to get back top five. Like, yeah. like growing up, what did you want to be? Like, how long have you known that you we're going to be traveling down the fight path when I was 19 and started it <laughs> really straight away. Honestly, yeah. I didn't think it would go this far. Um, growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor. Um, I was in school for medical stuff and whatnot. And then, um, 
you know, it was always something I love animals. So at one point it was like marine biology, veterinarian, but then um, it was just always in the medical field. And then uh, my senior year, um, I've always been an athlete since I was five. Uh, my senior year, I ended up breaking my back snowboarding. And so I couldn't take any of my athletic scholarships. Yeah, I took an academic scholarship to the university here in Colorado Springs. And I was going through rehab. Um, fighting was actually a joke. It was just something like there was one point in life, like when I was 12, I grew up being a big tomboy. Um, my friend at the time, her family came from a boxing background and I wanted a box. And my parents were like, no, you're too pretty and your teeth are too nice. That's not happening. So the only person <laughs> I ever fought was my cousin who's five months apart from me. And we were just like, they called us Chip and Dale, you know, the little yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, chipmunks growing up. And so it was just, it honestly, like, that was the one time I ever thought anything of fighting and other than fighting my cousin. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird how life works. Life changed at that point. And, you know, I remember being at the gym one night and told my mom, hey, hey, I'm going to do that. Like the first team I started with, they were training on those puzzle mats. They were like a half inch thick. They're doing judo and choking each other out. And right. I was just like, it's really intense. So it was kind of being a brat. And I think my mom just thought it was good to get me going again. So we talked to the coach. Next day, went in. My very first training session was sparring and fought my first fight four months later. And then here I am 13 years later. So that's crazy. What what stands out still from the first pro fight? Uh, my first pro fight, it's just funny to see how like I had a really successful amateur career. And then with when I went pro, it was like all of a sudden it was more internally, but it got like so serious. And I remember I was fighting Kim Couture, Randy Couture's ex-wife in uh, yeah. Wyoming. And that's when like people were still smoking inside. We were in an old grocery store. They set up like the octagon in the center of this grocery store, made like a stage. And when we were getting ready to walk out, there was exit doors. And I just told my coach, I was freaking out. And I was like, can we just walk out these exit doors? Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so like, I always laugh about that. And it was just like, you know, it was just for me, like no matter how much emotions get going and we all see how emotions can get the best of us. Sure. Like my emotions have the best of me, but then I centered myself in the time I needed to, I went out there and then I ended up getting a TKO win in the second round. And so it was just fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it about maybe a year and a half back where you got a suspension for six months and it was, yeah. from, and I read that it was something that it was your doctor had given you a substance that was banned and you didn't realize or whatever it was, but how frustrating is that? That like, you're my doctor. What the, f how are you well, giving me these things that I shouldn't be taking? I think what's more frustrating is the fact that UFC was following this entire, um, like my entire, entire medical stuff with my thyroid. Yeah. And you know, there was doctors working on the case and stuff and whatnot. And I seen a hormone specialist and you know, I mean, we're in a sport where we're constantly cutting weight. It fluctuates our hormones left and right. We're destroying our bodies. Yeah. And, um, so I seen a hormone specialist and you know, what is irritating to me, Ashley Evan Smith is actually going through it right now, which I feel for her just because, you know, it's DHE, but for one, USADA offers a TUE program and it's supposed to be an exemption program. And we are human beings. We are not invincible. We develop medical issues and stuff. And, you know, there's been so many situations to where they don't even allow athletes when athletes will reach out. I mean, there's guys that like have low testosterone and they're trying to have a family or different things. And like, it is just not a thing. Well, you know, I seen this hormone specialist and, um, she was like, you know, you don't produce any testosterone. You're extremely estrogen dominant. Like there's all these things going on. My thyroid just doesn't function at all. And, 
it was just one thing after another. So she put me on some medicine and the, the um, medicine that she put me on was DHEA. Well, in reality, like, I don't know why it's even on the band substance list because it, it doesn't pre- enhance performance. Like it's considered a fat burner. So what I'm going to sweat more like, <laughs> okay, who cares? But the alternate use of that is to increase the activity of the thyroid. And, you know, the way the world is, they all feed off of each other. And so you get one thing out there and it's just one thing after another. Well, they said, because I technically came forward, even though I called and asked for a TUE, um, that was me coming forward. And so they gave me a retroactive suspension of the six months. But I know Ashley Evan Smith is like going through something very similar with DHEA. And, you know, she just had, I think, spine surgery or something like that. And um I think I read that she got like a 14 month suspension for it. And it's just, it's crazy. Like to me, it's just mind blowing. Like being an athlete, we have a short window. If you're out there doing seriously dumb shit, taking steroids, all this stuff, that's really going to affect our performance and like put us above anybody else. Okay. I get it. And you have all those athletes who have done that and they've run things for other people. But like I said, we're human beings. We have medical stuff. Like there are things that we need to get treated. And so I'll never understand the program. Like I do respect the program and the fact that it keeps a clean sport, but there are some things that like cough medicine, different things that like have certain substances in them that we cannot have. I know, like, I think it's the state of Florida at one time when I, I think it was Florida or one of the States that I fought in, Mm. we weren't even allowed a certain amount of caffeine in our system. So I couldn't have coffee that morning. And it was just like, it's just crazy. So it's frustrating, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It kind of was just a blessing in disguise to what can you do? Yep. And so I just took it for what it was. And, you know, I took the time to myself and did a lot of mental training and, uh, you know, did some, obviously got in better shape and start falling in love with things. And then all of a sudden when I got cleared, I came back and I've been on a mission since. So hell yeah, you have been for sure. <laughs> and, and how much, um, tape would you watch of a, of an opponent? Like, can you watch too much where they almost get in your head? Yeah. I mean, sure. That can definitely happen. Um, I've always, ever since I started like being an athlete, I mean, we used to watch, we would scout the other teams and basketball or whatever else. And like, you just know things like you, you have a general idea and the same thing, you know, I mean, I've watched film on my opponents and you can see certain things that they do or certain things that they revert back to or their habits and, you know, but for the most part, like I'll watch what I need to watch. And then my biggest focus is focusing on myself and my team does rest. They'll watch the videos and stuff. And then they talk to my sparring partners. They have my sparring par- partners uh, mimic my opponents or whatever. Um, we'll mm. drill the things that we feel like we need to drill. But the main focus and the only thing that I can control is me. And so that's where I just like, all right, I got a general idea, but here it is on what I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, most fighters don't like doing this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Best pound for pound guys and girls pound for pound guys and girls uh i don't know i think honestly right now i would probably have to say like everybody has their greats and i mean there's going to be people that just continue to climb and show different and everybody's i mean nobody's invincible you know so i think uh as far as like accomplishments i'd probably have to say like women i'd probably have to say like valentina and amanda honestly i mean amanda showed a lot of things um but at the end of the day like she was exposed back to the normal behavior that's what i was talking about like your habits 
And so, um, but I mean, for both divisions, like the things that she's done and stuff and then Valentina, like she's just a very calculated athlete. Like it's almost frustrating watching her because it's like you want to see so much more from her, but she does exactly what she needs to and everything is crisp and it's super calculated. And I mean, the technique is phenomenal. Um, As far as guys, I don't know. That's I, tough I like what yeah i'm like there's so many talented ones out there um i did i did like watching uh johnny uh bones jones you know when he first came in and he was just tearing through everybody it was like holy man this guy's got some unorthodox you know style fights and you, know, you never see like a spinning um spinning back elbow you know uh yeah, I, I he's a talented he, kid he just deserves, yeah he he does stupid shit <laughs> yeah he hasn't played his cards very well though no. yeah i mean there, like i said i mean so many talented athletes out there so for me it's just like i have respect for everybody who steps into the octagon and does this stuff and you know i like watching everybody's different styles like everybody's so unique everything brings everybody brings something different to the table and you know there could be one technique out there but we're all going to have our own way of doing things and what works for us and stuff. And it's just cool to see, like, for me, I think the biggest thing is just watching the sport evolve, especially for women's MMA. Like it's just, it's really cool. When I first started this sport, I mean, it was not a thing for women. And when I first started fighting, like um, actually getting in there, you know, I fought some of the girls multiple times just because of the fact that like there wasn't opponents. And now to see like, the young athletes who are starting at such a young age and watching the little kids get on the mats and they're out there wrestling and That's cool, doing right? in their little geese. Like, yeah. Oh man. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were mentioning, um, uh, you know, having some time to do some around the house stuff with uh, Tisha and uh, of course you're, you're engaged. When's the, when's the wedding? Tisha, when's the wedding? Um, no, we just like, you know, Tisha and I, we talk about it all the time. We actually, for once, had some time right before COVID and we started to plan. We were going around looking at venues and stuff and whatnot, and then COVID hit. But, you know, for us, it's just hard. Like, you know, everybody says you make the time for things that are important and whatnot, but like our entire life is important. Like we have really cool careers, like we're always doing something. And so yeah. it's kind of one of those things to where, you know, I told Tisha, like I already feel married to her and we both do want a wedding. Um, I feel like eventually like we'll have that time to plan it and have something beautiful and celebrate with our loved ones. But, um, you know, I mean, if it's not me in fight camp, then it's her in fight camp and, or if neither one of us are in fight camp, we're constantly doing something. So when we just get the time to actually like slow down, but I mean, we tell everybody that and everybody are, I think majority of the world thinks we're already married anyway. So you're right. Right. Paper now. Yeah. Who'd win in a fight? (laughs) <laughs> who would win in a fight not that they would ever match that up being a straw me? weight now but me i just gotta, <laughs> gotta <laughs> love it all right let's, let, let's get outside of uh of fighting uh quickly and and of course what you're known for how happy are you that the dep and herd case is done what oh a fucking God. mess that was yeah it was it was like, um what it just it's funny to me how people are so interested and invested and like just the fact that like, if you're going to be so invested into something, why do you not have your facts together? And so 
I was just, you know, I, it was annoying. I got to a point that I was like, all right, I'm honestly tired of hearing about this thing. Um, I mean, just because I was getting drug into the whole thing, I did go and watch a little bit of it. And I think those girls made themselves look absolutely ridiculous. Like it was just absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. Um, but it just, you know, through that whole process, it really amazed me how people can take the time out of their day and get online and go say the most disgusting things to another human being for one, like just watching the messages I was getting, I was just like, wow. Like the fact that you even take your time to talk to somebody else like this is just like, it just shows character in people. And it also shows how people just really feed off of each other and why the world is the way it is. You know, I mean, there's so much hatred and there's so much segregation because of people's behavior like this. And so it was, a, uh, it kind of like broke my heart just to agree to see reality but then at the same time, like, you know, I had nothing to do with that case. So I was getting attacked for no reason. And I was kind of just making fun of people with the stuff that they were saying. It would, they would write me these nasty things and how karma's going to get me. And I was like, well, you know, for somebody that's not invested, like, I think karma's coming your direction because you're taking the time to write somebody who has no clue. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're huge fans of yours. And I'm just like, get oh, out of here. Like, it just really separates people, you know? And I don't know. It was a. Uh, it was an adventure to say the least. So yes. I almost, I almost didn't bring it. I was like, Oh yeah, you know what? I, I do quickly want to bring it up, but what, okay. So you, you talked about watching a little bit of it. What have you actually been binge watching lately? Binge watching. Um, well, Tisha and I were on a kick with the Lincoln lawyer series, but I actually started rewatching the third season of the Mayans MC. Oh yeah. So that go into the fourth season. Cause I, we watched so many dang shows in between training and just trying to relax that like, I forgot what it was about. And so I'm kind of just doing a quick catch up and then going to go into the fourth season, but everybody keeps trying to talk about it. I'm like, no, stop. Yeah. 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 Just stop it. Don't text me. <laughs> don't talk to me about it. Like, I don't want to hear anything about it. Yeah. Of course. Of course. How close was when you say you broke your back, like how close was that to near death? Do you have a near death story? Uh, probably everything i do in my life i have yeah. an adrenaline i'm a little adrenaline junkie and so i do things that we were actually just talking about this yesterday but like now that i'm older and i think back to things i was doing like too many things right, um like how how did i live through that how did i not die there like no for real like yeah. but i mean you know i love the stories and you know i love the life that i've lived and the adventures i've had and now that i'm getting older like i am more cautious but it, there are things that like I'm still going to go out and do and live my life. I mean, I can trip and fall getting out of bed tomorrow morning, hit my head on the dresser and that can be the end of it. Like you don't know. Sure. And so it's just like, I believe in living life to the fullest, but, uh, no, my back, you know, I mean, it held me up for a little while and I had a lot of like, um, sciatic issues and whatnot. And I still get them if I don't stay too active. Like when I take some time off, my back will start acting up and I can feel those previous injuries. Um, and it's just like, it's more frustrating than anything. It was frustrating to have to be in crutches, have a back brace on, like having to like learn how to, I lost so much flexibility. Like it just created a lot of issues, but that's any injury for you. I think uh, I would probably say like one of my worst injuries um, was actually before I fought Amanda and I ended up breaking my leg and sustaining the nerve damage that I did. I barely uh, avoided amputation. So life could have really changed there. And, um, you know, I mean, I like, I can't feel half of my leg. Um, yeah. So it's like an interesting feeling, but like when it initially happened, I was already in an 18 month layoff, 
had major surgeries after the Misha Tate fight. And then they offered me the biggest fight of my career for the world title. And it was like, you know, I came back and then all of a sudden I ended up in that accident and I just pushed myself. And, you know, I mean, I fought and threw a broken hand. I, my last fight, I busted my hand and kept going. And, you know, I've done things, but this one was just one of a kind. And when Amanda kicked it in that first round, like, I was like, oh, something is really wrong. And I've never felt pain to that degree. So, like, I really had to slow down and learn how to function with that. We had to get, like, um, the nerve conduction test. We had to do all kinds of stuff to my leg. I, like, lived in physical therapy. Um, and it was just like, all right, like, I need to take this thing, like, really serious and figure it out. Um, and, you know, they were worried about, like, drop foot um, compartmental or compartment syndrome in my leg. Like there were so many things. My calf was like rolled up and they were like, if your calf is torn, like there's nothing we can do. Uh, we can't go back in there and sew it because that would basically be like trying to sew hamburger meat together. It doesn't work. And so like, yeah, I like that injury was, that was a rough one to try to come back from and like, just trying to get like everything back. And, you know, I mean, with my leg tightening up, it created lower back issues. And so needless to say all the stuff I've been doing since I was five, <laughs> I always joke with Tisha. I'm like, are you sure you want to like do yeah. this life with me? Because when I'm like, I'm 33, but she sees me on my time off and I'm just like a little old Vijita. Like I'm griping and complaining. And everything hurts. And I'm like, are you sure you're going to want to do this? Cause you're probably going to have to like wipe Look, my rough, ass at 60. Like, rough <laughs> like rough on the body, move. right? Rough on the body. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fighters uh, will use like CBD uh, to, you know, recoup the, the body quicker and, and that's sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I do all kinds of stuff. Thankfully, you know, I've been blessed with an awesome medical team behind me and stuff. So I have all the resources and it's what keeps me functioning and everything and whatnot. And, um, you know, I know my body the best. And so it works, but the injuries are definitely frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Raquel, I told you I was be maybe 15, 20. We're at 20 now. Uh, I'll ask two more if that's cool. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. For sure. Uh, okay. So, I don't know how to put this. Um, so what's the most you've ever lost, I guess, for to have to lose to get gain, to get weight for a fight? Um, the most I've ever lost. Uh, when I rematched Jessica Andrade in our second fight, they called us on a three-week notice. I actually wasn't in the gym for seven months. I was on vacation. I was like spending quality family time, um, just kind of doing my own thing. And I was actually, um, 167 pounds. So I had to drop from 167 to 136, <laughs> three weeks. And, uh, Oh my yeah, God. That was a rough one, but yeah. I got a awesome, I had an awesome fight. I got a performance bonus that night and yeah, it was worth it, but, uh, never again. Right, so, <laughs> you know? so, so the second part of the, the question is what's your cheat foods? We, we know that you have to watch your weight. What are your cheat foods? Um, it kind of just depends. Honestly, I mean, I'm Hispanic. I come from a huge Hispanic family. And, you know, we grew up with homemade food, tortillas, pan doce, Like, so I actually love Mexican sweet bread, pan doce. Um, and, uh, but really, it just kind of depends. Like, it's mostly, like, carbs that I'll go crazy with. Yeah. But, um for the most part, I mean, just my meal in general, like I'm a steak girl. I love me a nice steak, um, you know, salad and freaking some like cheesy potatoes or something, which is just kind of like 
a decently balanced meal. But if I'm going to be like my internal fat kid's going to come out, I'm eating all the homemade, (laughs) (laughs) homemade cookies and everything else. That's great. Uh, And last question. I love finding out about first concerts. What was your first concert you went to? My first concert was actually in sync. <laughs> I remember that my best friend growing up, she was my first friend. Uh, we've been friends since kindergarten and uh, she was going to go to the in sync concert. She asked her mom. So her mom, and my mom got together and they took us and, you know, we were just in there doing our whole bop, bop, bop. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's too good. That's too good. What's uh, what's the rest of 2022 looking like for you? Well, right now I'm trying to get back from, you know, I've been on on a mission. I just fought Aspen in April. And as far as the damage that I came out of the fight, I had only a fat lip. But then, of course, my hand was busted. So I had surgery just trying to get this thing functioning again. Um, And as soon as this thing, as soon as my hand will bend and I can actually make a full fist and start punching with it, um, you know, I want to get another fight in there i would love to fight ketlin vera for a title elimination match and then i want that world title shot again so my goal is by the end of the year to be set up if not fighting for the world title to be set up for it and then start 2023 off with fighting for the world title so yeah we'll get there that would be badass you're easy to find online rocky p mma on twitter raquel underscore pennington on instagram is there a website you want me to to promote no, I don't have one right now. I'm kind of like working on all kinds of stuff. Everybody's always asking, when are you going to get more Team Rocky swag? That'll yeah. be coming out. Um, and just on those two social media platforms that you listed, um, I'll put that information out there when I get to it. But uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, thanks again awesome. for doing this uh, with us today, uh, uh, Raquel. And I guess we'll see you online. Awesome. It was good have talking a great to you. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Hey, I'm Jillian Clare, the host of the podcast, Thanks for Coming In. I've accumulated some pretty crazy audition stories over the past 20 years, and so have my friends. And I was like, you know what? No, not going to do this. And then Disney calls and is like, we need you to come test for the Ant-Man movies. I didn't know if my scene was going to get cut or not. Ooh, I could play that. Tune in every Thursday to hear your favorite actors tell the funniest, saddest, and most cringeworthy audition stories. Sometimes even the one that got away. Thanks for Coming In is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.